Welcome to episode 3 of The Story Studio with your hosts Luke Condor and Daniel Wilcox. Oh yeah, here we go. Check it out now. Okay, hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Story Studio, a podcast where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art and the future of storytelling. It's a show for filmmakers, writers, comic book makers, crowdfunders, entrepreneurs, creators and anyone looking to tell stories in the modern world. My name is Luke Condor and I'm joined by Daniel Wilcox. Hi guys. I love how um, how much effort goes in your face when you're reading that. <laughs> I think it's marvellous. I don't know, are you still just recording audio at the minute? Just recording audio, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just that. Just to describe it, there's a nice little squint of one eye, and I think the head kind of goes sideways a bit as, as you're reading it. But when, it's a mouthful, but it gets to the point. I think when I'm when I'm reading, because I've done like voiceover stuff in the past, and I have to like over. I've seen other people do this as well. They have to like over uh, gesticulate what they're doing to make sure to get all the words out correctly. Um, and that's the magic people are missing out on. Yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, how's it going, man? How's the writing going? Yeah, yeah, it's going well. Um, I think we've been pr- in pretty much the same boat for the last week in terms of writing stuff, planning for Project Dan books Project one Dan. and two, well, yep. books A and B. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's been a weird one because I've not been doing. I mean, I've been getting words down, but not in the yeah. usual way that I normally do. So I'm not technically writing a story yet, but I've been creating the characters for you. Yeah. Um, and cool. we swapped stories over yesterday, which was very exciting. Have you read through the package mostly yet? Are you? I think so, unless I've uh, missed anything, because um, I've kind of had to squeeze it in last night and today where I could. But I've, I've got the overview of everything, and I'm very, very happy, and I'm very, very excited cool. with, with how it looks. How about you? How are you finding yours? Me too, yeah, definitely, yeah. I think you've... Uh... You've added some interesting parts in the story that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see when I was coming up with the initial idea. Yeah, um, which I think was the whole point, the whole reason that we're doing it this way. Um, and I think we I explained earlier in the week that this formal back and forth seems to work really well because, yeah. like, you you punt the ball up the field as far as you can get, you get as far as you can go, and then you hand it over, take a little break from that, and then the other person takes over gets it as far as they can go and then we keep swapping back and forth it seems to work really well for me yeah yeah no i'm enjoying it it's um it's re-energizing i think the the longer we do it i think the more efficient we'll get at it because i found in that initial handover so when uh, when was it was a week ago was it a week ago when we started when we did the pitch it was last sunday sunday uh, before yeah. at some point yeah 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 <laughs> so uh a week, a week and Sunday ago. Yeah, so okay. we pitched the ideas to each other. <laughs> yeah, and then we took that, and I took your idea that you pitched to me. I, you took mine that I pitched to you, and we've been planning that. But at the beginning of that part where I got your idea, I was still very much in my head, in my idea. Yeah. So there was a couple of days where I was thinking, oh, I could add this to mine, but having to let that go so that you could sprinkle your your stardust on it. You, yeah, um, I think you have to. You can't be egotistical in this endeavor like you have to completely <laughs> let go of your idea at that point if you know what yeah. i mean and just let be confident that the other person is gonna you know they might do some things you don't agree with but at the same time they're gonna do the best they're gonna add some stuff and also when you get the story back you're gonna be able to 
you know, add your own sauce again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it, there's been quite a few, like uh, you said, with the bits that I did for you, there have been some nice little pockets of um, adventure or certain characters or certain things that are written to happen mm. that I wouldn't have thought of or I wouldn't have kind of taken that route myself, I don't think. Mm. But I really like and some of the... Um, I know with yours, whereas I, I think my beats and my notes for you were very text heavy. I like that you've added sort of YouTube links for me and some sort of um, URLs yeah. for different pages. So you can kind of go, it's going to be a bit like this and get a bit more of a visual. Yeah. Are you talking about the ferry bit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that idea. And that's cool. going to be in there somewhere. Great. Um, yeah. So this is all like <laughs> today's episode is all about building out a story, coming up with a world. Uh, come up with characters to like inhabit the story and and just building up that initial package that initial outlining process before you actually start writing your words but before that we need to do the big whoop for the week whoop. Oh, what a big whoop have you got a big whoop this week i have my big whoop um <clears throat> is that i went to london film and comic-con last weekend um me my partner and uh my friend and his partner or, or two friends i don't know they're both. <laughs> and um, yeah, we went uh, on Thursday afternoon and we got back to uh, Lincoln on Sunday evening. Um, and it was just kind of, I mean, I went to MCM last year and MCM was fantastic. It was in the XL. Uh, and I kind of expected much of the same, very crowded stalls, a lot of cosplay, a lot of yeah. um, comic book enthusiasts. Uh, and I found it actually very, very different. So not in a bad way. It had its good points and it had its kind of points that I preferred MCM for. Yeah. Um, and the first one was that it was in the Olympia. So it's a sort of much bigger venue. It's got two floors. It's really nice layout for it. Um, and all the stalls were a lot further apart, which was handy because I was wearing an inflatable dinosaur suit that was sort of <laughs> <laughs> six about, foot Whereabouts in London was it? I saw the pictures. It looked like a really nice venue. Yeah, it was the Olympia, which is um, just off of Barron's Court on the underground. Okay. So around wherever that area is around there. Okay, cool. And um, yeah, so all the stores were sort of a bit more spread apart. There weren't as many people dressed up, um, which surprised me. Mm. Uh, and even on the Saturday, which was the busiest day, there was something about 16,000 people there. It didn't feel busy. Yeah. Um, which again, take it how you will, it, was, it had its good points. But um, my main pull from that was that I got to meet a lot of really cool guys. So Will Robson, who's doing the cover art for El Marvo, always done the cover art for El Marvo, which looks phenomenal. Which is, um, I don't think the listeners know, that's the comic book we're making, Hawk and Cleaver are making. Um, yes. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, visit our social media pages because there's some images on there that just look fantastic. Mm. And um yeah, so I got to talk to him a bit, actually introduce myself, which is quite cool because I know that he's worked primarily with you and Ben. Hmm. Um, and then just got speaking to some independent authors, just some other comic book people. They had the creators, the original illustrator and the uh, story writer for Judge Dredd there, which was cool. Was that John Wagner and Carlos Esquera? Yeah. That's it. I'm well, you can pronounce it better. I, could. I really like John <laughs> Wagner. He wrote um, The History of Violence. Um, oh yeah, you know they, they made the film with Aragon. I can't remember his real name. Vigo Mortensen. Yeah, it's uh, he's a really good, really cool guy. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, he came across really down to earth. Um, and yeah, and then got to meet uh, some people from Frizon Comics, who we're going to be speaking to in mm-hmm. a couple of days for one of our episodes, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just overall, just fantastic, really inspiring 
weekend and to the the cream on that cake sorry i'm going on no no go on. <laughs> the cream on that cake was that um i found out that a couple of days before i was going that darren sham was going to be there who is for anyone who's not sure he's a young adult horror author who does a load of sort of vampire and zombie books that i picked up when i was younger my partner adores and i went to one of his talks thinking it was just him and it turned out to be him and three other horror authors which was very very enlightening and um they did sort of q a at the end and I, I spoke to a couple of them asked a few questions and yeah very very inspiring so you're missing out a key point um it was when you dressed up as elmo <laughs> there's a nice photo of you as elmo on the game of thrones you know the sword throne or whatever it's called yeah yeah i hope i hope you're being ironic and you realize that it's not elmo <laughs> Who is it? It's the, the I don't know. I don't know these. Characters. It's not. Is it the, the hugging one? Which one's Elmo? Yeah, yeah, then? yeah. No, Elmo. Elmo's from Sesame Street. Oh, see, I don't understand the difference between <laughs> the thing. Elmo's a cuddly little guy that sits on the toilet and swings. No, his yeah, no, okay, yeah. So I know Elmo. <laughs> so yeah, no, he's um, he doesn't have a character name. He's just red guy. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. It's very because I'm not sure who most of the character names in there. It's like Duck, the yellow guy Roy, who is the yellow guy's dad, and then the red guy. Okay, this is interesting. Um, but yeah, so I, I dressed up on the first day as Chris Pratt from Jurassic World on a giant inflatable raptor. And then on the second day, yeah, I went to see Red Guy from uh, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, which was a lot of... A oh, lot. okay, yeah. I'll link to that in the show notes because I have seen the first one of those. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of awesome but terrifying. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And the more you read into it, the scarier it gets. But I got yeah. weirdly enough, it's a show that I would probably say is aimed at adults because it's disguised as a kid's show, but it yeah. has horrible twists. Yeah. And I had a dad bring his four-year-old over, four-year-old son over for a picture, um, basically saying, oh, yeah, my kid loves that show. And I was like, what, you let him watch it? He was like, <laughs> oh, no, we get we get halfway through the first episode to the point where it gets weird, and then I turn it off. So the, <laughs> so the four-year-old just enjoys those first two minutes or whatever it is, or? Pretty much, yeah. The part where it's kind of a kid's song, but yeah, just put that on repeat. Kids yeah. won't know the difference. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> well, first of all, we we were um, we're going to go at a comic con soon, doing a Hawk and Cleaver stand. Yes. Um, did you meet any other like indie authors with their own stands, and did you pick up any tips, tricks? Um, I didn't go uh, too deeply into yeah. the stalls and stuff, um, but I did take quite a few people's contact details, so. Um, people like oh, Dead Canary Comics were there as well, which yeah. was exciting. I had a bit of a chat with those. Um, but I think the main thing that came from anyone I spoke to is it's fantastic going to cons, not so much to sell your work, but more just exposure and networking. Yeah, yeah. So obviously you have really heavy footfall. And the one that we're doing um, in, it's going to be October the 1st uh, in Lincoln for anyone that wants to come along and see us, um, is I think predicted... Uh, probably about six or seven thousand at least through the yeah. door that's gonna be pretty good yeah yeah and even if we talk to sort of you know a quarter of that that's still a lot of people that we've not spoken to and yeah. there'll be other people at the stalls that i'm sure we could speak to more or learn some stuff from and i was thinking we could record an episode while we were there like just like get the laptop out and just like record a little mini episode or something of you know just document it that'd be cool we could see if we pull yeah. some people over and they see if they want to chat to us yeah definitely have you heard of Hawk and Cleaver? <laughs> <laughs> okay, see you later. <laughs> so my big whip is an app. Um, so my sister, my dad, and my brother-in-law just did the 100-mile bike ride in London, the Prudential bike ride. Have you, do you know of it? Have you heard of it? 
Not that one specifically, but... So they basically closed down most of the city and they let people, like, thousands of people sort of get on the bike and ride around it. This must have been when I was there because there were quite a few roads closed. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah. No, it was that weekend, yeah. It was Saturday. Uh, Sunday. Just gone? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, they were there, yeah. There uh, you so, go, I might have seen them. <laughs> maybe. They did that and... Um, it's just another thing when I realised that I am completely out of shape. <laughs> just another point of like, oh, I, why didn't I do that? I don't, I don't think I could have done that. But I've downloaded this app now. It's called SkyFit, and it's the idea is to so if you want to be you want to get better at running or you want to do I don't know, yoga or whatever, it's all on this app, and then you do little courses on there. I, I think it's like it's a um, five dollars a month app, so it is a paid for app, but you. Um, Let's say you go for a run, you do, you pick class one, and then it's like got the music going, and then you've got like someone talking in your ear, like a personal trainer going, go on, Lee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but then they tell you, like, they tell you, right, you're going to warm up now, and they're like, keep going. And that's really American and really like over the top. That's like, it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then it's, it's, it must be, it must, it feels really stupid because they're like, oh, hold the form. You're doing really well. And I'm thinking, if you saw what I look like right now, <laughs> like spluttering <laughs> and like spilling and like slipping over and stuff, I thought. Is but, it but like it... a video conferencing mode where they can actually watch you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, it was really good though. It was really, really, really good. And I did my first 5K yesterday, which is, uh, thanks to this little app. So nice. Skyfit. If you want to do some running and stuff, get it. Sounds good. Is that a GPS tracker as well? No, I have to use a separate app called Strava to um, track the Strava. GPS whilst I'm doing so the motivational course stuff on the other one. Yeah. Okay, which it's is good. the important stuff. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> does it make you feel like you're actually with someone, or is it a very, very overly corny? No, I think it's it's a little bit more it's a little bit more personable, uh, but it is a little bit. Cheesy cheese. <laughs> Great job. You're doing fantastic. But it, yeah, it's like that, but it feels like a real person. And also, I just feel like those moments, like towards the end, when you're feeling a little bit down, you're like, oh my God, I don't think I'm going to be able to finish or do this. Just that having that person just sort of saying little words of encouragement do actually work. I think yeah. we should develop an app for writers where they put on, <laughs> they put on the headphones and like, come on, another 500 words. Yeah. Maybe 20 more. Come on, man. <laughs> What's the phrase? Keep going, you shits. Keep going, you shits. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you stopping? Yeah. Keep on yeah. tapping. Um, Get more coffee, then come the fuck back. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, to be quite aggressive. Where the yeah. fuck do you think you're going, man? <laughs> come on, back. <laughs> Sit the fuck down. Okay. You this... call that a chapter? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That character's weak. <laughs> like you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's go into the main topic of the day. Mm-hmm. Building story worlds, fleshing out characters, coming up with the plot. I guess let's start with how you first approached. When I first pitched you, pro- um, I'm just going to call it what the working title, which is yeah, they, they Remain. Uh, when I pitched you the idea, what, where did you go from there? Well, the notes that you gave, um, and I think some of it, to be honest, was a bit influenced by uh, the hipster because I seem to notice that a lot of your stuff is set around London. Um, yeah. And I think you said before, it's more places that you've been that you like to write about because you get to sort of get a bit more in-depth for those. Yeah, I feel like um, I get to explore them a little bit more mentally. It's just following your curiosity, I guess. I'm still curious about those places, so I write about them. 
Yeah, it's a good way to do it because if you've got those landmarks, they're almost like a shortcut in saying to people, I mean, you could create a, a tower or something in a fantasy world and people won't know it unless you describe it. But if you say the London Eye, mm. people are automatically going to realise that. Um, and the first thing I kind of did was look at the arc that you wanted to take and I kind of I jumped on Google Maps and just said okay so this is roughly the journey they want to take where might be good pit stops across there if it was to be a realistic journey yeah um and your story that you pitched began in London and kind of worked its way towards Kent yeah um so I just looked for places that almost looked like they could contain the things that I needed. So whether that was a small village out in the sticks, whether that was a bit of a bigger town somewhere near water um, and tried to map out that journey. And then once I had that, I looked at the um, main story elements of what needed to, what I felt needed to go where based on what you told me Yeah, and created the the main settings from that. Um, and I kind of, in that way I worked backwards a bit. So I, built all that stuff before i got to the the plot but yeah picking on these individual locations and creating um like a farm or a small town or a house or somewhere how about you well i think that's a good way to go about it i think starting with the end point in mind i mean it sounds quite overly logistical but it it really does work and it helps you formulate the story in the plot i did a similar thing because we knew can I give the working title for this one, or are we still not sure about that title? Or no, I th- it's not. It's, with titles with me, they always uh, they always take a bit of getting used to. I'm not <clears throat> I'm not normally some of the titles until near the end, just yeah. so I can get a feel. But it's it fits with what we're doing. So cool. Well, this, it this, could change, but this, yeah, this may change. But for now, we're calling it Lazarus Mountain. Mm. Um, so you told me you knew where it started in Williamsburg, Virginia. Um. And with a little bit of like just researching around that area, I found a place called Colonial Williamsburg, which um, gave me an idea for how or where the event could start. And I sort of knew, we sort of knew where it needed to end. So it was it was a similar thing. I was on Google Earth, um, <laughs> and I was just like mapping out like where would they where do we need to go? And there's a bit where you have to cross a river, and um, you sort of build out. Oh, if that was if they have to go over there logistically how would that even happen if if this particular scenario was happening in that world um like i knew that they'd probably take a car but cars the roads would be crazily packed um so they have to find another way over and it, it just helps ground the story in a real world yeah when you start and i think to... <clears throat> one of the things to know as a person with a very deep voice i'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. 
Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. As well, it's, it's something that I especially struggled with um, just in mapping things out over the past couple of years I've been writing. <coughs> Excuse me. Is... Um, don't let it get too precious. So if you set your story in somewhere very specific, like say, for example, Lincoln, it doesn't have to be exactly what Lincoln is. It can be whatever you want it to be yeah. because at the end of the day, there are so many elements to a town anyway. And even people that live in that certain town aren't going to see it as the Lincoln that is. I mean, Stephen King says everything in Maine, yeah, everything. And this the amount of stuff that happens in Maine is unreal, but obviously... It's just where he likes, that's his thing. That's where he likes to say it. But yeah, yeah it's not get too precious on locations. Yeah, definitely. I think um, <clears throat> Ben, you know, one of her fellow HNC writer, Ben, he based his novel, uh, 10 Tales of Human Condition in New York. Now, I would, I'd be scared about doing that because I've never been to New York. Um, but I think Ben, I think he's been, been a couple of times and he, uh, he sort of, I think he had an idea of where, where the characters were going and what they were doing. But he sort of had to, like, create the world from scratch in a way, just to, just for the everyday. Like, so this character is going to here. What is he seeing when he when he makes that journey? And I think he had to create that from scratch. But he sent that book to a guy who lives in New York who read it, and the guy had no idea. Like, he said, "This feels just like it's in New York." And I think the reader paints the rest of the picture on that side of it. Yeah, I think that's very very important. That's a good example, and. When I read that book, I remember reading one of the opening chapters is him or the protagonist um, traveling on a bus to get somewhere. Yeah. And it, Ben does a fantastic job at describing it. Uh, it. Straight away in my head, I could feel the American. I could feel the New York. Yeah. And yeah, you don't need to give loads of explanation. You can just say it's here and let the reader take that for granted. Yeah, you can draw you know the the lines and let the let the reader fill in the the colors or the shading and that sort of thing yeah um, i'm actually um, i'm actually reading a book at the minute it's james herbert's the rats and i'm kind of i'm reading that with a bit of an analytical eye and he doesn't really say anything more than the guy went to the hospital there was a counter nothing no more detail yet in my head i've already got that i've already got yeah this is the kind of hospital i see yeah and i don't need him to say the walls were lime the floors were whatever because yeah. people know what a hospital is yeah i think it's it's a skill in in learning how much to to explain to reader and how little to leave to their imagination i personally i try to aim um 
for the elements that are salient, so the points, like if, if we're meeting a character and he has a particular weird hairstyle or something like that, it's they're the salient points that you would you would notice if you were to meet them in person. And also the points that juxtapose. So if it's got like a if it's a guy with like spiky hair, but he looks like very smart and normal and and, and not punky in, in any way, those sort of elements just help build that character in the, in the reader's head a little bit more. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, in terms of characters, I don't know how you start with characters. I mean, <laughs> we we had we we had main characters sort of there already, right? Yeah. So you had. Um... I'm trying to think. You had a good uh, handful of characters that had some info. I mean, your notes on them were along the lines of, I feel this guy will be important yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and in terms of uh, characters, I found that was one of the later things that I came to because I wanted to understand the world. I wanted to understand the type of thing they were facing. So um, for me, the second part of what I planned out was actually the... Um, I'm trying to think of a word. The creatures, the, yeah. the things that were gonna, because it's a post-apocalyptic book, so the things that were gonna create this post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. Um, and the mechanics of that, and then how the people would fit in, and then once I had that, the characters, um, it was quite interesting giving them a nice little backstory, and I kind of just imagined. In my head, I got an image straight away in my head, and I cast a character. Um, based off of an actor who I think would play it, and then just kind of invented a backstory that I thought would be appropriate for where they were yeah. at particular points. When we uh, when we do the casting, what we're talking about is we find actors to sort of play the characters, right? So you have right. a you have a character, and then you find an actor who you think. So, for example, you're the main character in Project Lazarus, um, Lazarus Mountain. <laughs> we got Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the as one of the main characters. And instantly you get a, a picture in your head, you know the timbre of his voice, so you know you know who this guy is and you know what kind of characters he can play. Yeah. <clears throat> and I feel it's, like... Oh, go on. I, know, I was going to say, because there's a massive difference between uh, Alan Rickman and yeah. Matt Damon. Yeah. It helps you lock in a little, little bit more of your starting point, uh, but then you start to customise that character more and more when you start to... You, I mean, you even like delve into like favourite ice cream flavors and stuff like that yeah i just as a an extra little touch because i feel like i wanted to add something a bit fun to the notes anyway but yeah i had age occupation and not every character had this not every character needed it if they weren't that big but age occupation relationships um favorite ice cream flavor uh and then i did a little two or three lines which summed up the character just in general and their personality and then went into the, the background and history. But yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really good. I really like what you did with the characters. It helped me sort of get a better idea of, of who the who the people were. Uh, one thing I did for, for one of the characters was, um, and this is something I picked up from Sean Platt from self publishing podcast is to find out, figure out who the main, who that character's five heroes are. So, you get an idea of who this person's, what their aspirations are, of, of what makes a, a, a person good. So you know, like what they aim to be. Um, and you also just get a better sense of, I mean, so for example, one of um, Lucas Strength's heroes is Donny Osmond. Yes. And I just thought that that's like, 
it gives you an idea of sort of how playful he is. Um, I don't know. It helps. It helps me get it in my mind. Anyway, I don't know about you. Yeah. No. No. I absolutely love um, that that was included. And yeah, you think that the the character of Lucas is going to be quite a a bit of a grizzly male, a bit of a um kind of like an alpha, but not because he's got a bit of a softer side yeah. uh, as, as shown in the Donny Osmond thing. And yeah, you'd normally think by looking at someone like that, it wouldn't traditionally, his music taste wouldn't lean that way. But yeah, it's, it adds an element of cheese to him. And it's not just that he likes him, it's that he's got a little obsession. Yeah. Um, which I like as well. And that's sort of a nice little touch. But yeah, you can come up with, I think it's easy creating backstories for characters because you can kind of just have fun with it. And you don't need all the background at the end of the day because that's not going to make its way into the book. Yeah. But it's just nice to flavor and give you some indication of who that person is or was. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, when, when it comes to the way I was doing it, I tend to say, okay, so I'm going to be developing this character. I'm going to come up with 10 random ideas about this character. And at that point, I'll just free write, like, say, maybe he's into this, maybe he does this. That would be interesting because it links to this other thing that he did. And you, you just do that for long enough and you start to pick up the the points that sort of resonate with the story and the other characters and you can see the potential dramas um, because of like someone's viewpoints against someone else's. And you can just start to build up that character that way. I mean, it's something that helps me anyway. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I... Now that you've said that, I'm starting to think it, but I might have taken it for granted a bit, is when... I sat down with the blank, well, not the blank document because you sent some bits over, but I sat down and I thought, what am I going to do with this? I didn't allow myself that time to blank. Like you were free writing where you just write and see what gets going. There was a lot where I started just writing chunks on the main characters um, and saying things like, maybe this could happen at some point. Oh, this could be quite good. What if this person doesn't get on with this person? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. And then the more I wrote for different characters and locations, got an idea of what was happening. I went back and adjusted those, took out those questions and said, this is this, this yeah. is this. Yeah. Cause you're building a, like a loose sculpture. I mean, you're chipping away. You're just playing with ideas. It's like playing with play though. You're not, mm. you're sketching out a rough plan. And all, like, I'm guessing both of these, like packages we put together for each other, they're going to change a fair bit when we start writing. That's it. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them being a hundred percent as they are now. I can see big bits changing. Yeah, that's how it goes. I mean, um, when, when do you know when you're done? When do you know when you're supposed to stop and you're supposed to start writing? Because this is the most planning I've ever done in in writing a book. Yeah, same. And I think part of that was because we deliberately gave each other, um. Was it a week we gave? Um, yeah, but we, we went did, over we a did. bit because yeah. of reasons. But <laughs> yeah, no, I think because we've given ourselves that time and because I think partly it's going to be because this is our first project together. So I know there was a part of me where I was like, this needs to be good. Otherwise, I don't know if this is going to. Yeah. Um, however, and I want this to be the best it can possibly be for a first collab project. Um, but for how did we know when we were done? I think mine was once I'd written enough of an outline to feel confident that you could take it further or that you had enough to work with. Yeah. I was just a complete same with you. I thought I don't want to leave it at a point where it, it doesn't quite make sense or it could, or you, you I didn't want it to get to a point where you would be confused by any points. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to give yeah. you enough there to 
go, okay, I know where we're going, I know what this is, I know where to go from here. Yeah, and I think it's worked really well because reading your notes, it does flow very well. I've get the full, I mean, it started off that I had a rough arc in my head, which I handed to you. Mm. And like we said earlier, you've created extra points that it's going to hit that I hadn't thought of. Um, but yeah, it's now, I've, I've read through the notes and I don't think there's, there's probably maybe one or two tiny things that need a bit of clarification, but overall yeah. it's enough that if I was to sit down and think I've got a week to write solidly, I could just go from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think yeah. we're at a good point now. So I think the next step is to, when are we starting the first drafts? Are we starting at the same time? Yeah, I think we're talking a bit tonight and then potentially starting tomorrow or Sunday or something. Yeah, I think Sunday might be good. Tomorrow I'm going to Liverpool. Probably but, Sunday then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll sort it out. It might even be yeah. Monday, however it works for both of us. But um, yeah, I think just coming back to the when do you know you're done part is it's very, it's different for each person mm. because obviously you have the whole panther plotter somewhere in between thing and those who pants again for people who don't know that who what that is that's just flying by the seat of your pants and writing whatever yeah um you don't need this amount and you can go ahead and do it but yeah it will feel different for everyone and i mean there were certain points where over the last weeks or so where i probably could have in the past just gone that's enough and started writing yeah but it feels nicer now to feel like i've got this cushion of yeah stuff to it i do feel like when you do pants a novel, um, there's probably going to be more editing and and adding in and subtracting out to be done in the story on that second draft. Yeah. Whereas I think when you're going in with a bit more of a, a clearer idea of how the story is going to end, it might it it might not need that. I mean, we'll see. I guess. But... <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it goes. To use yeah. um a bit of an example on that, the um so I've got nearly two drafts of my thriller that. Um, I'm putting aside for a little bit while we work on this. And the first draft of that was entirely pants. That There was no planning to that. I just went ahead and did 80,000 words. And going back and reading it, I know there are huge chunks that I'd remove. I'd change mm. things. There was holes everywhere. So when it came to the second draft, I sat down, took all of the elements I had in my first draft and planned it. Yeah. Again, not to the extent of this, but um, – to a point where I knew where it was going and I knew the characters better and the draft came out a lot tidier, a hell of a lot tidier for me. Hmm. Excellent. Okay, man. Um, I guess I've got some other points written here. I mean, I've got here using references. So in the package you sent me, there's there's a load of pictures that are really good for setting. Did you just Google Google image search those or something? Or what did you do there? Yeah, I mean, I knew I had an idea of what I was looking for um and it's very it's actually really hard to find specific types of zombie because yeah. i know i know they're not exactly zombies but yeah i knew what it was i was looking for and um one of the the best examples just in terms of image inspiration that i found was based on sort of the things from the last of us yeah <clears throat> um and even they were quite difficult to fine for different things but no i just i just uh googled i did try having a look through deviant art which yeah. used to be a really good resource or i used to find it a lot easier to navigate and i found it a lot harder now yeah is it ever is there just too much stuff on there now because i was trying to use yeah. it i just couldn't really google yeah. let me say it seems better for me anyway oh 100 percent was um yeah. and there was something was there something else i was trying to use i can't remember but no deviant art came up with so much <laughs> yeah just 
variety of different things that were everything but what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Google image kind of covered it. And then if I was looking for specific things like locations, I'd just type in, you know, factory or whatever. And yeah, and found and managed to find some. I was quite happy with the images I found for yours. I thought they illustrated it well. They did, yeah. I uh, another note I've got here is that um, Google Street View. I use that quite a lot now, actually. Like when I want to see what it actually looks like from a a point of view of a character in a certain location, get in Street View and just sort of have a little walk around and get a feel for the place. And I found that really helpful. Yeah, I can imagine that's a good way to do it because you really do get a a first person POV. Yeah. Um, I think I've dabbled but not given it a proper go i might yeah. actually do that for for some of my bits yeah um and the last thing i've got here is is it can seem incredibly daunting when you think when you first start a writing project and you think oh man jrr tolkien when he middle earth i could never build something that could compete with that but I, i've i've kind of realized more and more as time's gone time's gone on that it's incremental like you start with just just like a what if scenario what if this happened to a world and then you just slowly build over time the rules of the world and the politics and the characters and it's just it's just incremental that's yeah. all i can say and it will never be as you imagine it will be at the start yeah there's a lot of change so the people that i gave you to work on for um the package was were entirely it was an entirely different um how it functioned was very, very different in my head to what you gave back. But what you gave back feels so much more organic and real worldly Mm. that it actually feels like it's going to be a lot easier to write. And when I started thinking of the world that I wanted Lazarus to be set in, I I said in one of the previous podcasts, I was very, very overwhelmed because I was looking at the much bigger picture down rather than focusing on the people that would live in that world and working my way out yeah and i think you can do it both ways but i yeah it's definitely incremental and it's definitely piece by piece yeah uh okay man uh that's all the notes i've got for today i've done about you um no i think i think we've done a fantastic job yeah that, that <laughs> on the back um yeah i would just say to people the next episode is this this show is live now by the way it went a lot we're recording this episode now but the show itself went live on itunes today which is a, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, the next episode is an interview episode. We'll see how that goes. I have no idea. We haven't done that yet, so no. But it'll be fun. I mean, I spoke to the guys at Comic Con, and they're they're a fantastic. Yeah, duet. Frizz aren't are they a couple? <laughs> I believe so. Okay, okay. I did. I if they're not, it's going to be awkward on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I, I needed to know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Frizz on comics. Um, we're going to be talking about independent comic book making crowdfunding finding an audience and all that good stuff so yeah come back for that and in the meantime give us a review in iTunes go on yes you, you please you want it yeah <laughs> cool man okay let's leave it at that awesome yeah, yeah. see ya we hope you enjoyed this episode of the story studio podcast still hungering for some podcast goodness then why not check out our other show the other stories oh and did you know every time you leave us a review in the itunes store a puppy is born cute eh anyway toodle pip
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.